Hello, and welcome to Right Now with Ralph Martin, a podcast where author, speaker, and worldwide renewal leader, Dr. Ralph Martin, shares what the Holy Spirit is stirring up in the church right now. Words of encouragement from the Lord to strengthen you for such a time as this. We are glad you can be with us this week as we seek to encourage you for this moment in history. And now, your host, Ralph Martin. Hello, brothers and sisters. The topic today is don't let anyone deceive you. There are just numerous exhortations in Scripture that say exactly that. Don't be deceived. Don't let anybody deceive you. Don't deceive yourself. This week we're going to talk about being deceived, believing lies, uh, being misled. Uh, and Next week we're going to talk about self-deception. These are, in some ways, uncomfortable topics, but they're really important topics. One of the things that Jesus tells us, as a matter of fact, is that the main way in which Satan works to lead people to hell is by telling them lies. You know, John chapter 8, verse 44, Jesus says, the devil is a liar and a murderer. He's the father of lies, and he's a murderer. And uh, he, he tries to deceive us because he's trying to lead us to our death, our death in this world, if possible, but certainly our death eternally. Misery loves company, and he's trying to get as many people as possible to join him in the hate-filled, ugly, malevolent, bizarre, insane rebellion against God that he himself has locked himself into. So it's really important that we pay attention to the Word of God, uh, along many times when the scripture says, don't be deceived, it tells us what not to be deceived about. It talks about false teachers. It talks about false prophets. Jesus talked about false teachers and prophets. Paul talked about wolves coming in amongst the flock, disguised as sheep, but they're really wolves in sheep's clothing. Uh, Paul in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1 says that, uh, the doctrines of demons, the teachings of demons, the thoughts of demons are going to be infiltrated into the church through hypocritical liars, through hypocritical teachers, through insincere people who are actually conduits, sometimes knowingly, many times not knowingly. Many times they think they're just repeating the current wisdom, uh, the prevailing opinion about things, the uh, enlightened view about things, but they're actually doing the devil's work, which is a work of destruction, a work of terror, a work of murder. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 14, Paul says that sometimes the devil disguises himself as an angel of light. So with all this kind of expert deception, with all this uh, manipulation, with all this infiltration, even into the church by false teachers and false prophets, what do we got to do? Well, the only way to be protected against deception is to know the truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So we need to know Jesus. And what it means to know Jesus is not just have an emotional experience, but to actually enter into a personal relationship with him uh, through repentance, through faith, through the sacraments, and desire to actually know who he is and what his will is. 
I, I talk about this often, but it's so important. The word of God is our lifeline. The words of Jesus are the only way that we can really know who he is and what his will is. It's the only way that we can know the truth and be actually protected against this incredible tidal wave of deception that's sweeping over the world today and sweeping over the church, unfortunately. The deception we're going to be talking about today particularly is in the area of sexual morality. I've spoken about this before, but it is one of the most powerful, most pervasive uh, deceptions that's alive right now in the world and in the church. So let's read one of the things that Jesus says through his apostles. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Don't you know that the immoral will not enter the kingdom of God? Don't be deceived. Another translation says, don't let anybody deceive you. The sexually immoral, the idolaters, the adulterers, the people who actively practice homosexuality, thieves, the greedy, drunkards, revilers, robbers, will not enter the kingdom of God. So these are serious sins. They're, they're, they're sins that are contained in the Ten Commandments in one way or another. And these are serious sins. And Paul says, don't let anybody deceive you. Serious sins are serious. There is serious affront to the Lord. There is serious damage to ourselves and to other people. Uh, these are serious sins, and we absolutely have to turn away from them and repent in order to enter the kingdom of God. Now, the first sexual sin there is sometimes translated immorality, but it's actually sexual immorality. It also talks about adultery. Sometimes sexual immorality is uh, translated as fornication. Then it talks about homosexuals, but it's not talking about homosexual inclination or temptation. It's talking about those who actually engage in homosexual activity. So we've just hit there some of the most accepted, most honored things in our culture. Crazy. You know, we've gotten so used to uh, young men and women, maybe even older men and women, uh, having sex outside of holy marriage that we just kind of consider it normal and okay. And as you do more and more polls of, of Catholics today, uh, they, uh, they, they say less and less do they believe that it's a sin, less and less do they see it as a problem of young people living together before they got married. But, hey, this is what Scripture says is fornication. This is what Scripture says will exclude us from the kingdom of God unless we repent. Same with adultery. Uh, it, it's, it's not right to abandon your wife. It's not right to abandon your husband and to engage in a sexual relationship with somebody else. It's, it's wrong. It needs to be repented from. Uh, we need to turn away from that. And, and, and there's a big fuss today, of course, about, uh, well, if you're not happy in your marriage, uh, you know, probably you should kind of get an annulment and whatever. And, you know, if, if you really didn't have a real marriage, you know, and, and, and if you submit your case to the, judgment of the church, uh, yes, the church may decide that you didn't have a valid marriage and you're free to remarry. And, and certainly the church never says you have to live in an abusive relationship. You can legally separate or get divorced, but you can't remarry unless you didn't really have a marriage in the first place. And and that all depends on what happened at the time of the marriage. You know, it doesn't depend on what happens afterwards. It happens what it depends on what happens at the time of the marriage. And Certainly, there may be situations where 
the marriage was invalid and, and the annulment is granted and people are very free to get remarried. But there's, there's a casualness about it today. There's a, a kind of an assumption about it today that almost anybody who's unhappy in their marriage, uh, you know, should get an annulment. Uh, that, that isn't always the case. And we need to, we need to be honest before God. You know, we really need to be honest before God. And we need to submit our things, our, our, our case to the judgment of the marriage tribunal in our diocese if we think that there wasn't a marriage there in the first place. But the real tough issue today is the active practice of homosexuality. Uh, there's a huge campaign to get the church to change its teaching to soften its teaching, to uh, to ignore its teaching, to pretend it's not there, to uh, turn our blind eye to it, but we can't. This isn't just the church's teaching. This is this is the consistent witness of Holy Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. Uh, the act of practice of homosexuality was considered an abomination in the Old Testament. It's considered a grave sin in the New Testament that can exclude us from the kingdom of God that can lead us to hell. So here, here's the situation. Many of us have sons or daughters, relatives, uh, friends who are engaging in fornication or adultery or the act of practice of homosexuality. And there's tremendous pressure on us out of friendship, out of family relationship, out of love, to accept these relationships as okay. What I'm going to be speaking about now is tough, but please please don't tune me out uh, or, or, or stop the podcast. I, I want to try to explain something here. We're living in an environment, in a culture that wants to kind of make us blind to eternity that wants to make us blind to how short this life is, that wants to make us blind to how clear and urgent the Word of God is on these important topics. There is so much deception swirling around us. It's being taught sometimes in pulpits. It's being taught through silence. It's being taught actively and positively. And it's going to lead people to misery in this life and hell. It is God is not trying to keep us from something good He's trying to lead us to something good. He's saying if you head these directions, if you head in fornication, if you head towards adultery, if you head towards homosexuality, you're heading towards misery in this life, and you're endangering your eternal salvation. So what happens when we have close family members? What happens when we have relatives? And I do. And we love them. And we don't want to break relationship with them. What do we do? If they are addressing us in such a way that they're asking us to assent to what they're doing, we can't. It's actually denying Christ to assent to what they're doing. And Jesus said, if you would deny me before man, my Father in heaven is going to deny, I'm going to deny you before my Father in heaven. Well, this is tough, but this is tough love. This is tough love. We need to understand this is tough love. If we really love our children, if we really love friends and relatives, we, we can't confirm them in a deception. We can't tell them that the lie they're believing is going to lead to their happiness. It won't. We will not be truly loving them if we agree with them, if we accept the lie that they've accepted. 
It doesn't mean we have to reject them, but we do have to reject the lie. We do have to reject the behavior. Now, this is easier said than done, right? You all know that. Let's, let's talk about an actual case. What happens when a son or daughter comes home from college or university or, you know, from, from their job or whatever, comes to visit with their partner? Could be fornication, could be adultery, could be a homosexual relationship. A sexual relationship outside of God-ordained marriage is seriously wrong. They're in that relationship. They expect to sleep in the same bedroom. We say, no, we're really happy to see you. Uh, We're really happy to get to know your partner, but I can't facilitate what I believe is serious sin, and I can't facilitate something that I think is going to damage your own souls and your own lives and your own bodies. So please respect how I feel, what I believe, what Scripture says, you know, you you know, you know, discern yourself exactly what you should say. You know, I'm just kind of like, this is just a sample. Well, they might say, well, golly, we don't really want to do that, but we will. They usually won't. Usually they say, hey, I'm not going to stay here. Hey, if you're going to treat us like that, uh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to visit you. Uh, I'm not going to bring friends home. Uh, you won't see me at Thanksgiving. You won't see me at Christmas. And, and what we and then what, what we what they might say to us: Hey, if you love me unconditionally, you'd accept me and what I'm doing. But here's what we have to say in response: It's because I love you unconditionally, and I will never stop loving you, that I have to tell you that I can't accept this path that you're on as a good path. I can't accept it because it's endangering your life in this world. And so also endangering your eternal salvation. We have to be prepared for the same return. Oh, I don't believe in this old-fashioned religion. Uh, keep your laws off my body. Uh, uh, this, is so, this is so unacceptable these days. This is hate speech, whatever, whatever they might say. We just have to bear the suffering of that. We have to speak to them lovingly, humbly, sensitively, but we have to speak the truth in love. And this is really important. I know this is a tough area to talk about, but we have to talk about it. It's hardly ever spoken about anymore in church. Really sad to say that. It's hardly ever spoken about anymore in church and sermons. When 1 Corinthians 6 comes around in the readings, most often it's just completely ignored. Very, very sad because these are words of life. Repentance isn't a negative thing. Scripture calls repentance, life-giving repentance. It gives us life. So we're going to have to bear the pain and suffering of not being able to accept behavior that can lead people that we love to destroying their lives. So I want to try to strengthen you, brothers and sisters, today. Keep your minds clear. Remember, the warnings against deception and sacred scripture are just really, really important and really, really clear, and we have to pay attention to them. We need to pray and never give up. We need to pray and fast for, for sons and daughters or for relatives that are heading in a direction that's leading to death rather than to life. So many people are on the Broadway heading to destruction. 
And we just have to never give up and always pray for them because it's never too late for them to get off the Broadway. There's always hope. So we should never give up praying. We should never give up hoping. We should never give up loving. We should always have our door open because as the years go by, or even sometimes as the months go by, the pain of life, the, the, the breaking of relationships, the uh, betrayals that so often happen in these relationships, uh, the pain, the suffering, the rejection that often happens in these relationships can wake people up to hearing the Word of God in a way that they weren't prepared to hear it previously. So, uh, let's pray. Lord, I, I thank you for your Holy Word. I, I thank you that you're giving me the strength to speak about these things. I, I pray for our Holy Church. I pray for priests and bishops. I pray for deacons. I pray for lay leaders. Please, please, Lord, give everyone the strength, the wisdom, the clarity to, to speak the truth that saves, to, to speak the truth that's rooted in love. And I pray right now for sons and daughters, for cousins, for nieces and nephews, for friends, relatives that may be, may be locked into these sinful behaviors, uh, may be addicted even. Lord, I ask for deliverance. I ask for freedom. I ask that you bring people that can help them. I ask you to to open their hearts and minds to the light of your love, the light of your truth. Rescue them, deliver them from the lies of the devil. I ask this in the holy, precious name of Jesus. This podcast is brought to you by Renewal Ministries, part of the Renewal Podcast Network. For more information about Renewal Ministries, visit our website at renewalministries.net. Join us next week to find strength, hope, and courage for the Christian journey. Until next time, this is Right Now with Ralph Martin.